Hello again and welcome to the Brattlecast, stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, and the people who buy, sell, and collect them. Uh, this is Jordan Rich along with my good friend Ken Gloss, who is the greatest appraiser and loves his work and, of course, hangs out at the Brattle Bookshop on West Street in Boston. As we said in an earlier interview about uh, uh, subways and trolleys, you are so accessible by any of those means. Well, we, we are very <laughs> lucky to be in downtown Boston. And quite honestly, uh, we're very lucky that I inherited it from my father, but that we are there. We own the property, which now bookstores in downtown areas, it's very, very important. When we were first there, you could get there. It was just as accessible, but it was a rundown area, which was good for us in a way because we could afford to be there. Yeah, Uh, there there is that. (laughs) But now it's a much, much nicer area, really upscale and if we didn't own, I couldn't be having all this fun. Well, Charles Darwin changed the course of not only publishing history, but probably human history with his various discoveries and publications sailing around the world on the Beagle. And you have brought in something that's uh, pretty rare, I would imagine, or pretty special. And that's one of his classics called The Descent of Man. And tell me more about this. Well, we were at an estate and they had a few thousand books. Uh, Some of them were just books. Some of them were interesting books. And then they also collected some rare books. And uh, when you go into somebody's library and you look on the shelf, even if it's relatively plain, when it's very obvious that they've gone to a bookbinder and had a special case or box made to hold the contents of the book. And when we first uh, saw it, it said, uh, Darwin's Descent of Man first edition. So we thought, well, that's, Worth that's not into. bad. We opened it up, and it came out in two volumes. It's a green cloth. It was done in 1871. And it there are certain things to check for. A lot of these older books, or even newer ones, there are little details that you check to make sure it was actually the first edition. For instance, in the back of this, there was some advertising that the publisher put in for you to buy other books. But the group of ads is dated January. If the ads were later, it would have been a slightly later edition. But Descent of Man is one of Darwin's most famous books. Obviously, the one everybody knows is on the origin of the species. But that made such a huge hit and was so controversial and so influential and also got so much criticism, still does, in many cases, he his next book was called uh, The Descent of Man. And basically what The Descent of Man uh, was, now, Origin of the Species was print, printed in 1859. This is 12 years later, 1871, is answering many of the questions about evolution, but as related to men and people and humans, which is also a very controversial. It's also uh, in The Origin of the Species, Darwin never used the word evolution. The first time he used it was in this 1871 Mm. first edition Mm -hmm. of Descent of Man. So people collect books for many, many reasons. Uh, And when you get to the origin of the species, Darwin, 1850, it was a turning point in modern science, in modern philosophy, in modern religion. I mean, whatever side of the argument you're on, uh, whether it's purely the scientific or the evolutionary or the fact that, you know, 
that the purely the Bible and religion, it has a big effect. Impact it, is it, huge. It's Still huge. to this to this day. So, so the collecting of the particular author Darwin, or the collecting of uh, the particular book or the history of this. Now, Darwin, when he came out with his theories, there was another named man named Wallace who had the same theory but just didn't publish quite as early. We don't remember him, do we? Well, <laughs> uh, unless you're really unless into you're really the really sun. So uh, one of the things that comes up with, though, is if you want to buy a first edition of The Origin of the Species and get a really nice copy of it, the English 1859 edition, you might want to have $100,000, dollars just sitting around so you could buy it. Uh, but... It's an influential book. Uh, but you also probably want to get his other books. Or maybe you want to get a first edition of Darwin for somebody. And you don't. The Descent of Man is almost as influential to people who know what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can probably start at a few thousand dollars. Still a lot of money, but it's not the hundreds of thousands. Let me ask you something. You mentioned the box. It's a beautiful green box. And uh, this was obviously added to protect the volumes. Do you know when the box was part of uh, Looking at the box, I would guess that someone had it made probably in the 1970s, 1980s, okay. maybe even a little bit later. And an interesting thing that comes up in a lot of uh, people, they ask, well, how should I care for my books? How should I, uh, you know, what should I do? My quick answer is, if it's not too hot, too cold, too damp, too dry, if you're comfortable, the books will be comfortable. And for the most part, they're a whole lot older than than we are. Mm. I mean, I have to admit, I was born after 1871. <laughs> yes. You've evolved. Uh, yeah, I've evolved beautifully from it. But this book is is in good condition. May I? Sure. I'm just going to hold hold this, which yeah, is pretty. But cool. I mean, it's it's it shows that it's been opened and yes. closed a few it's times. Been read, yeah. It's been read, but um, it's you know what 150, 60 years old, uh, 150 years old. It, 150 years from now, it's going to look a whole lot better than we will. I don't know if too many people who are not real Darwin aficionados would know the second part of the title or the sort of the subtitle, The Descent of Man and Selection in Relation to Sex, which doesn't mean anything, you know, doesn't startle us today. But I imagine even the word sex in the title back then was a big deal. Oh, it was a big deal. <laughs> and also, a lot of what Darwin goes into in this is the woman was very much the person who sort of selected the evolutionary way of humans because they were the ones who were selecting the partner that they would mate with and have babies with, uh, much more than the men w- were selective. So this whole chapter is on that within it. Um, and it it could lead to some controversial ideas and subjects. Uh, some of the people interpreted uh, the fact that you could have evolution among people that would get into very controversial subjects like eugenics. Right. You know, if you can, if you can do plants or animals and you can breed them, well, can you eliminate people who might not be as good or as mm. beneficial? And actually one of Darwin's sons was a big supporter of that. And, you know, you look at it and you go, how did they actually think? That's not necessarily what Darwin's thinking was. But you can almost 
you get a controversial subject and you have people going out in every direction you can think of, but people collect the books. As we said earlier, and it's so important to really hammer this home, a book, one book can change everything in a culture, can change and upset the apple cart in terms of history as we know it. I mean, obviously the Bible is probably the preeminent book in that area, but in this case, the world was shocked and started fighting and Scope's monkey trial and all the other things that occur afterwards to this day. Absolutely, and it still is. Creationism versus Darwinism, how old is the world? Uh, That gets into it. Uh, It's also interesting. I was recently out in Pasadena for a book show, but one of the things that was close that I always wanted to go to was the Huntington Library in Gardens. Anyone, if you go to Pasadena, my advice would be go to the Huntington. I went to the libraries and the museums, but also they have gardens there that are fabulous. This is getting off subject Mm -hmm. a little, but go. But they do have a whole uh, exhibit of science books, and on Origin of the Species, they did an, a very interesting thing. They have a whole glass case running the length of a wall of just different editions of Origin of the Species. And then they also have some of his later works. But it just almost shows you how as people viewed the work in a certain mm. way, you could almost see how the bindings changed, how uh, how fancy the books were, how people the illustration, the typeface. So although they weren't first editions, they were later editions, you could almost look at it and say, well, at this time, they must have considered origin of the species to send a man in this way. And at this time, they must have considered it this way. So there are so many things that you can do when you're collecting and looking at books. And the fact that I have had origin of the species, but even the descent of men, the fact that you can walk into somebody's library just outside of Boston, see a box, open it up, and hold a book like that and say, you know, someone in 1871 might have gotten this book, were either for or against Darwin, but they were holding it and reading these new scientific discoveries at the time. And you're holding that book that Mm. they might have held, and, and it's amazing. Also, it was successful. Darwin made money on this. Yes, uh, <laughs> he was a big bestseller in those days. He was a good seller. I think wow. this one in the early stages, he made well over 1,500 pounds, which nowadays won't get you very far. But, but at big that money time, in the that 1860s was yeah, that, and 70s, yeah, that was well over yearly salaries. Just curious, so the the collection from which this comes, the estate. Were there other books uh, with by well-known authors and of his ilk? Anybody coming close? It, no, <laughs> that's the interesting it's thing. It's a standout then. Uh, it, it's a standout, but the person who's collected these was an English professor, very interested in Victorian times. Ah. So this sort of fit into Victorian times and how it influenced the literature and other authors writing at the time. But it wasn't a scientist or a biologist, or an evolutionist who was collecting all sorts of books on evolution. This was more someone who was interested in the books that influenced the writers of Victorian England and and so on. One more question. The one edition you have in front of us, me and you, uh, is there a price tag currently on it? Uh, The price tag on it is about $3,500. Okay. Uh, 
I'll tell a few people a little secret. Probably we have a little room. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but you know, a lot of times <laughs> when someone's buying this and if we think they're going to be a really good customer and they're really influential uh, in what we're thinking and we like them, that might be, you know, a little Ken bit. Ken has to like you. Let's put it that way. Well, very important. Very much so. But we also have to feel that they're going to really like yeah, the book. Exactly. Or it's going to go to somebody that they're really going to like. And it's interesting it how has, that influences. It has intrinsic value and specific value to a person out there it, or many. And you say, this is a first edition of mm. Darwin and one of his books. And you get to handle it, hold it, touch mm. it, see it. Now, there'll probably be a few people who come in and look at it and just so, just to see it and go, wow. And well, now, I'll tell you what would even be a better thing would be if he had signed it and, and uh, added to that. Darwin didn't sign a lot. And then you can start moving decimal points around. <laughs> well, we, uh, we certainly appreciate having it here in the studio so I can get a glimpse. And, and I get this aura about these things, as you do, I know. There's a sense of their energy that they give off well when you think of it in many ways people collect this either other things we've talked into other podcasts or something like this if they didn't give off that energy if they didn't give off that excitement nobody would care or collect them or pay much attention it, to it's them. a fascinating thing isn't it it's so ephemeral and yet it's so real everybody i i collect uh, nonsensical goofy pop culture things occasionally and I get such a charge out of it, and that's why we do it. And it's it's fun, and it's it bring, exciting. And it brings back memories sometimes of where yeah. you got it, how you got it, someone you might have been talking to, someone you get to show it off to. Oh, that's one of the highlights. Come and see my collection of Darwin. <laughs> you can come and see my collection of Anytime. Snowdones. <laughs> you can always see Ken's collection of everything because he's the master. Ken Gloss uh, joining me, Jordan Rich. You've been listening to the Brattlecast. Again, go to brattlebookshop.com if you have any questions, follow-ups, or suggestions for this podcast. And Ken, who knows what surprises you bring next time, but it'll always be fun. Well, it's, it, it is fun. And when we were talking about collections, one of my real collections nowadays is stories about things and people and places <laughs> I've been. And I get more joy out of that collection than almost anything beyond it. I think our podcast listeners would agree. Take care. Thank you.